0: Hello and welcome to the teaching podcast of Coastal Community Church, where our mission is to be love in Jesus Christ to the lost and found in our community. For more information about what Coastal is all about, visit SebastianChurch.com. Now please prepare your hearts to receive whatever God may have for you in today's sermon. All right. Hey, good morning, everybody. I'm Seth. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, I want to. I want. To, I'm, I'm glad that you're here. Are you glad you're here? Oh boy. I don't know that they're not glad they're here. All right. So maybe we need the band to come back out. Yeah, we're seeing another 20. You know. Anyway, another 20 minutes. If you won't, no. All right. I, I'm happy you're here, even if you're not. You know, even if you got like coerced or drugged or whatever to get here, God has a purpose. He, he, he got you here this morning for a reason and, and you're gonna find out soon enough, okay? So uh, we've been talking about, um, by the way, great showing of families on the Sunday that usually is absent of them because y'all are getting ready to go back to school, right? And you're like, I need all the Jesus I can get, right? Um, so... I need to do just a little case study here with our church family. You'll just excuse me for just a minute. But so during the school year, my children tell me, I I have a lot of children, so our house is often a mess, Uh, but we have children, so they should be cleaning up after themselves, right? They all have chores assigned. You guys do this, right? You assign the chores and then everything gets done. The house is really clean, I know, for you. But for me, uh, they they say that during the school year it's just so hard to get the chores done because we're so busy with school, so busy with gymnastics, so busy with powerlifting, so busy with girlfriends, so busy with so busy with you know all this stuff, and then the house you know it's a disaster. And then during the summer I was like, finally, you know I'm on sabbatical, the house is going to be clean because everybody's home. No. No, the house is now dirty during the summer because everyone is home and there's too many people in here to do our chores. Is anyone else, am I I alone or, no, okay, praise God. Say amen if that identifies with your family too. Okay, okay, you know those were not enthusiastic, amen. Yes, our house is a disaster, we have children, they know what to do, they just don't do it, right? Well, praise God, they're going back to school, so they got a new excuse coming up. It's being queued up. All right, we wanna also lift up our teachers in prayer. We have many teachers that attend here, many teachers on staff. Ron, Pastor Ron's um, a teacher. Um, Pastor Garrett, uh, he was on the board today, teacher. Joanna, assistant principal, God bless you. Um, so we just wanna continue to pray over our teachers and our faculty. and and everybody who is going back to school. Um, All right, so Ron already talked about the Coastal Leadership. You should join it. We'll move on. Um, We are in week four of Soul Rehab. So you guys should be like all rehabilitated. You You just kinda like stress happens, it just falls off of you, right? Um, if not, maybe you need to go back and re-listen to some of the weeks. Uh, this this sermon series is is kind of outlining Psalm 23, and many of you know Psalm 23. Or you've heard Psalm 23, or maybe you heard "Gangster Paradise" and you know part of it. You know, even though I walked in the valley of the shadow of the- Okay, just yeah. Eh, eh. Okay, we're not gonna do that again, Seth. Promised myself I wouldn't do that last week, and here I am again. All right, don't shake your head. This is good stuff. That's old people rap, man. That was before you were born, okay? It was cool back then. It's still cool. Okay, anyway, at least I think so. Psalm 23, so the first week we talked about the chaos and calming the chaos inside my head. And if you followed any of that right there, you know I was preaching from personal experience, okay? There's a lot of chaos inside my head, and the good shepherd doesn't want you to suffer from that. Week two, we talked about how God will guide us on the right path. All we have to do is follow the good shepherd, and he's not going to lead us astray. We, we don't have to worry about the pitfalls, The the... Uh, falling over the cliff, as long as we follow closely, we can walk through, brings us to the next week, Dark Valleys, week three. And uh, when we walk through Dark Valleys, we don't have to fear, because even though we walk through Dark Valleys, we can fear no evil because God is with us. And so no matter where you're at in this series, uh, maybe you're still in the Dark Valley, uh, we're getting ready to have a blessing. Today we're talking about uh, how God is preparing your blessing. If you missed any of these, you can go on our podcast, we're on Spotify. You can also go on YouTube or Facebook. I think we're also on Apple, Apple Podcasts. Uh, Pastor Ron made me be equal and, and put it on Apple as well, even though I'm not an iPhone guy. So, well, let's get started before I go down that rabbit trail. Um, God is preparing a blessing for you. Number one, in order to receive the blessing that God is preparing for you, you have to sit where God has set you. If you've been watching, I don't really sit well. I don't really sit still. I don't, I don't, I don't sit still up here and I definitely don't sit still up here. The, the video guys will tell you, if you could only just be still and know that he is God, I could run this camera without you constantly exiting the frame. I, I find it very hard to be still, and I know that so many of you do as well. But let's read the scriptures. We're gonna be reading Psalm 23, verse five. We're, we're here at the second to last verse, the second to last ser- sermon in the series. Psalm 23, five, we're gonna read it in the NIV, the New International Version, then we're gonna read it in the New Living Translation, and I'm gonna explain why they're different. We'll talk about it for a minute. Psalm 23, verse five, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. All right, let's read the first part of the second. Version New Living Translation. It says, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. Now you had two words that were different there. You had prepare for me a table and then you had prepare for me a feast. The reason why is that the Hebrew word that's being used here is speaking about a table with a feast on it. And so they're trying to communicate this thousands of years later. How can we get these people to understand what the original meant? It's a table with a feast on it. And so... Uh, I brought a little table. This, this is not God's blessing size for you, okay? But this is what we could fit up here, okay? Uh, this is a table that God, this is to symbolize a table that God is preparing for you. And I just wanna say, you know, I've been, my wife is now out of her boot after getting her foot broken. Yeah, praise Jesus. Um, she still walks like, like she's from the, yeah, we're just gonna leave it right there. Gotta be careful with that, Uh, in Felsmere, so just, uh, and then Kyle was wearing his uh, Cobra Kai uh, bandana yesterday to the weightlifting meet, so we're just, we are a a family in process. And uh, I gotta tell you, I've been cooking for our family, and you can see they're still alive. I did it, okay, they're still alive. Um, They are tired of chicken i tell you that, they're tired of my chicken. Um, But you know, um, I got a few things and I just rotate them, right, any of you do that? And just like, all right, I got these things that I know how to make and, and you're just gonna keep on seeing them, okay? Now I want you to picture what would be on your feast table. Okay, it's probably not ramen noodles. Right, okay, I need you to shout out what you wanna see on that feast table. Tacos Tacos What was that Ramen Okay <laughs> Honey we're going to go to a different church next week These people are crazy Okay I need to hear it Lobster Cake Steak Thank you Jesus Finally we have somebody who knows the Lord Thank you Jaden Hallelujah I hear the Lord moving amongst the people Burritos Yes, yeah, Satan just got back in here. Now, now, be quiet. Burritos. Yeah, and I hope not from Taco Bell. Not BK, have it your way? No? Okay, so, so look, we're gonna put on here, you know, like the good stuff, okay? Uh, we're talking steak, meat, potatoes, you know, all that stuff. Uh, if you're vegan, you know, one of them Wonder Burgers or something, I don't know what you guys, okay, whatever it is for you, that's what the Lord is preparing for you. Good things. He's not gonna be like Seth and keep cooking the same boring thing over and over and over again. This is like Thanksgiving dinner and there's clanking of plates and God is getting ready for your blessing. So you said ramen, (laughs) burritos, tacos, I got a steak, a lobster, and a few other things. If you're watching online, please save us. (laughs) Type in the comments what you would put on the table and uh, boot them. Whoever's on Facebook, ban them if they say tacos or ramen noodles, whatever. Um, In fact, okay. We love you anyway, regardless of what your vision is for the feast. Toddlers are some of my favorite people. I got to hold this adorable baby right here before service. So um, we have to. My wife and I. We have to get a baby fix. Otherwise, they just start. We we more our children. No, we're good. We're good. we're good. Um, I love holding her. She's adorable, and she's so perfect. But um, so it was Toddlers are awesome because they are like the little humans, with. Every impulse that adults have, only they don't have to behave as like, like us, okay? So if they think something, they can just blurt it out and, and everyone's like, oh, they're just a cute toddler, right? You know what I'm talking about? I envy them, okay? So at some point, and I can't really remember, my wife will tell me, she'll set me straight later, but I believe it was when we had the twins and she has one on her twin two-year-olds. I, don't, I think I left that part out. Uh, She had one on her knee, I had one on mine, and we're at the table, I believe at grandma and grandpa's, because we forgot the little toddler things with the tray and that. Um, And you see a toddler will look down at the food that you have picked out for uh, her and decide, is this good? Or do I wanna be sitting with grandma? And uh, God rest her soul, grandma Jennifer she would always, Grandma Jennifer, Auntie Ann, always be giving our kids, letting them backwash into her Pepsi, right? You have, you have grandparents to do that in your family? Thank God for grandparents like that, okay? But I don't, you know, then you get the kid back and you're like, why is he so wired? I, I don't know. A kid will decide, huh, I'm going to leave this plate and go find another plate because of what is in front of me, right? But God is preparing for you a table <laughs> And in order to partake, you have to sit where God has set you. And so we're gonna sit down and wait for the Lord to prepare. The problem is when we get excited, we start to see one or two things brought out, you know, the salad. I mean, I like a good salad, but that's not where I want my meal to end. And so we're, we're waiting and we're waiting and we start looking around. Right? What else is, is here? We will miss God's blessing if we allow ourselves to be distracted by what's on everybody else's table. In fact, if you're, if you're single here, you take out, um, your guy takes you out, and he starts looking around at other tables to find out if the company or the food is any better. Just, just leave, okay? Just move on. But we're like that with God. We're like, I wonder if what they have is better over there. And God is taking every effort to make this feast the best that it can possibly be. And all we can think about is something else. Sit where God has set you, stop scanning the room looking to see if there's something better at somebody else's plate. In fact, what happens is when we, when we sit where God has set us, he sits down with us and the food is coming out and he has our attention. But it says, right, that we're in the presence of our enemies. And so we hear the murmuring around the table. Don't take your eyes off of the shepherd. Don't get up and give them your attention, but sit where God set you because God is not just preparing your blessing. He's preparing you for your blessing. You, you, you may not have your blessing yet because you're not ready. You know how the, the waitresses, they play mind games sometimes. Like They're not gonna bring out the main encourse because you have your salad still in front of you. And you, you, you play mind games actually and you just kind of push it to the side. You, you do this? Any other passive aggressive people? Uh, and then it's right over there with your empty glass. You're like right on the edge here so you notice it's empty, right? And a good waitress, she's always like, oh my goodness, let me go get this. Okay, all right. So Lord's waiting for you to finish what he's already given you before you're ready for the greatest blessing, the feast. You gotta get through your salad. Hallelujah, okay? You gotta get through your darkest valley. And he'll walk there through, he'll keep you company, he'll walk with you. But you must sit where God has set you so that you can be prepared for where God has What God is going to do next. So stop incessantly moving, be still. You do not have to run all over. In fact, sometimes our blessings are right in the midst of burdens. Our blessings sometimes come right in the midst of the darkest valley. God can set this table anywhere, God can set this table in the most hopeless scenarios. I love going camping because that it just, sometimes it feels like that. Like I'm just, this is a barren place and I'm just gonna set my hammock. I'm gonna set up everything. This place is gonna become a place of refuge. God can bring this feast, this blessing, anywhere he wants. So sit where God has set you. Next, don't invite your enemy to have a seat at the table. It says in the presence of my enemies, right? And usually when, when we hear that, we, we get like a thought in our head, like the haters, right? Um, we think about the, some of you are thinking about an ex. Some of you are thinking about a work problem. Some of you are thinking about a neighbor, like which enemy, you know, the HOA, okay? Um, right? And, and I, I, don't wanna, I don't wanna be too... Uh, soft with this, but those aren't the enemy. The enemy is the devil himself. Now the HOA president may be uh, led by the devil himself and that may be a reality. I don't know, I'm not making, a, I don't know your HOA, but I know HOA, it very may well be a possibility. Um, but that's why I live in Fellsmere. Nobody comes out and measures my grass. Um, but we have the opportunity to sit down with the shepherd. There's only two chairs at the table. And so when we're seated with the shepherd and we're, we're enjoying right, sitting where God has set us and we're, the, the good food is starting to come out, when we get distracted or when we start paying attention to or when we start giving in to the enemies around the table instead of spending time with the shepherd at the table, we give them a place at the table And because there's only two chairs, we surrender ours. At first we say, well, I'm just gonna share a little bit. I'm just gonna look. I'm gonna take a glance. I'm gonna scroll to things I shouldn't. I'm gonna go to websites I shouldn't. I'm gonna uh, take pills when I shouldn't. I'm going to overdrink just because we're celebrating. I'm gonna yada, yada. And then before you know it, somebody else is in your chair. You've given up your seat of blessing at the table. So it says in 1 Peter 5, 8, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Like you may have your enemies, let me say HOA president. Like it doesn't, we don't refer to him as a great enemy. The devil is a great enemy. He wants to kill your family. He wants to destroy your faith. He wants to remove all hope. That's his goal. All he needs for you to do is let him take your chair. And now he's in control. Don't give, don't invite your enemy to have a seat. Louis Giglio has an awesome book and it focuses mostly on this point, don't give the enemy a seat at your table, a good read for sure. But when you give the enemy a seat at your table, remember that you are surrendering yours. So don't invite your enemy to have a seat. And, and we do this by saying, no, no, you're not allowed to sit here. This seat is taken. You guys, you go to your recitals, your gymnastics things, your, your baseball games, you know, and, and like uh, we're all converging, like after work, right? Mom's coming, dad's coming. Um, I'm sorry, that seat is taken, right? We, you know how we do that. For me, it's like the whole row. They're like, what? and then they see the kids start piling in, right, and then, so that seat is taken. No, devil, that seat is taken. I'm sitting here, God's sitting there. There's no room for you at this table. So say no. Say no, there's no room for you, no. I'm not gonna give you my attention, no. I'm not gonna let you into my marriage, not gonna let you into my finances, no. Don't invite the enemy to have a seat. Thirdly and lastly, Embrace rehab so that you're ready for your blessing. Now, we've been talking about rehab kind of in the way of how you might visit the therapist, right? Some of you are like, oh, therapy, okay, it's a good thing. And so, but there's another kind of re- rehab and that would be drug and alcohol rehab, right? And um, any of you ever meet a, a drug addict or an alcoholic who just loves him some rehab, anybody? It's, it's not always the funnest, Situation, But unless we decide, I, I need God to restore my soul, I need rehabilitation of what the world has taken out of me until we're ready to be healed, we're not ready. We won't receive the blessing until we are ready. In Psalm 23, verse five, it says, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of mine enemies, And then this next part we'll focus on now. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. When God is preparing a blessing for me, he is preparing you for a blessing. And here's how he does it. It says he honors you by anointing your head with oil. And there's a few different ways that this could be interpreted, but I I want to kind of bring us back to the culture of where this was first written. Because if I was to invite you over for dinner and I get a great meal for you and I sit you down and I begin pouring oil over your head, you're gonna think I'm weird for new reasons. And, and it's, it just doesn't fit, right, with our culture. And then I'm gonna start pouring uh, you know, your drink, and I'm just gonna let it just wash all over the place and get on your pants and on the floor, right? It's just, this just doesn't fit. We gotta understand what's actually being said here. So how is anointing used in the scriptures? Well, this is an anointing of hospitality where an honored guest is being anointed with oil because they've traveled a long distance through many possibly dark valleys to get to the table to eat the blessing. And so what God is doing in this poetic verse is anointing the honored guests with oil so they can be ready for what's next. And this anointing oil, it wasn't, it wasn't, um, it wasn't just oil, it was, it was essential oils. It was usually mixed in. You had olive oil as a carrier and then some other oils that would bring refreshment it would shift the mood. Um, God doesn't get out his doTERRA thing and invite you to a multi-level platform. He wants to restore your soul. And so this oil that we see symbolizes three different things. Number one, your healing because the good shepherd he uses oil to bring healing to the sheep. You know, they've gotten stuck in a thicket. They were in the dark valley, they walked through, you know, maybe they got a a wound on their hoof or a wound on their leg and he takes the time and he anoints the oil with medicinal, anoints the sheep with medicinal oils. So maybe your anointing today that you need is healing because before we can move on to what's next, we've been too hurt and we need God to. Take, it, take us aside and put oil in, and medicine in all the places that we're hurting. Another anointing that we see in the scriptures is an anointing for purification. Maybe for, for you, maybe today's the day you go, all right, I need purified for what you're calling me to next. I need to change what I've been doing. And God's the one who can do that. We cannot change he can, He can change us. And so it's symbolic of a purification. It was taken from the Old Testament where uh, they would become ceremonious, ceremonially unclean. And so the anointing symbolized them being washed of all their failures, all their sins, so that they are ready to worship, ready for what God is calling them next. And then the final anointing that I wanna talk about, and this one I believe is most relevant to us today, and that is the anointing of recognizing that we have a calling on our life. God has a calling on your life. You're not here for an accident. You're not here just because somebody invited you. You're here because God, the creator of the universe, decided at this point in time, at this very moment, you need to be here. And he has some healing, he has some some healing to do, he has some purification to do, but he also wants you to know he has a job for you. You are not your own, you are bought with a price, you've been commissioned to bring peace wherever you go. God is preparing your blessing, and through this anointing, God is preparing you for your blessing. And then this terminology of the the cup overflowing is symbolic that you know we don't need to freak out about how full the cup is if God's preparing the table we never have to worry about God's blessing running out if we just sit where God has set us he is preparing for us a blessing he is preparing us and if we decide the enemy has no place at our table. We can remain focused on what's important. And if we're ready to finally get healing, there's nothing between us and the feast that God has prepared for us. Let's pray. Lord, I wanna thank you for how, how you've lovingly communicated in this passage. that you care about my healing. You know all the places where I've been hurt. You know the situations that have led to my pain. You wanna bring healing there. I pray, Father, that you bring courage to the people here who need your healing as well. Now we're in week four here of soul rehab. And I just, I want you, can we stand to our, can we stand at our seats, please stand at our seats. We're in week four, and um, I know because uh, we've gotten emails, we've gotten uh, you guys have said, you know God's working through Psalm 23 on your life. But I know some of you are, are still kind of stuck in that darkest valley. And so I want to invite our our prayer team forward. I wanna provide the opportunity because we can, we can uh, get excited about what God's doing in this room and then we leave and by noon, we've already forgotten the power of what he's called us to. So I wanna provide an opportunity that before we leave here to come and pray with one of our, one of our team here to hear from God that he is preparing your blessing and when it isn't coming quickly enough, don't worry, he's preparing you for the blessing. So Lord, we pray for courage. <laughs> we pray that we'd be united here. We wouldn't be worried about people looking at us or people thinking things about us, but we'd come forward because we need to connect with someone here today. We, we can't do it on our own. So I invite you forward now. If, if, if you're walking through that dark valley or you're tired from walking through the dark valley, you're about to fall asleep sitting where God has set you. You're tired of waiting. Invite you forward, pray with one of our team members. Let them encourage you. Somebody next to you needs to get out, just slide out, do whatever it takes to come forward. Maybe there's someone here who's given the enemy a seat at their table and the table gets really noisy when that happens and it's hard to hear the voice of the shepherd. Maybe that's you, come forward. We'll help you kick some chairs over that need kicked over. Don't invite the enemy to sit down. And if you did, we'll help you evict him. Some of you are broken and in need of healing. You may have been to a church that hurt you. You may have had parents that hurt you. You may have had exes that hurt you. You may have hurt you We wanna pray over you, come forward. God wants to heal you of that hurt so that you can be ready for your blessing. Maybe still there's someone who's shown up today and you feel your heart racing because you know you're supposed to be walking up here, but you're holding strong. It's okay. You can talk to Jesus right there at your seat. But maybe today you realized, I don't even know if Jesus is my shepherd. So I wanna put my faith in him. I wanna, this day forward, I wanna walk after him. And so if that's you today for the first time saying, I wanna follow Jesus, I wanna provide that opportunity. It's really Easy, Jesus, God's son was sent here to earth, born of a virgin, lived a blameless life and was crucified and became a sacrifice so that our sins could be forgiven. So that my sins, my worst sins, my worst thoughts, my worst actions could be forgiven. And he died for sinners like you, your worst sins, your worst Thoughts, your worst actions. He loves you anyway. And so if today's the day you wanna take that step of faith and follow Jesus, I invite you, come forward. We wanna pray with you. We wanna connect you to Jesus. But if you're there at your seat and you're like, nope, still not going forward, it's okay. We can talk afterwards. Or you can just talk to Jesus on your own. You can talk to him just just as you do anybody else. And we're gonna initiate a relationship with him by uh, just a really simple prayer, ABC. Admit that we've screwed up. Admit that we have sin in our lives. Admit that we've failed. Believe that Jesus who died on the cross forgave me and commit to trust in him as my savior. Allow him to be my shepherd. So if that's you this morning, pray this with me quietly at your seat. Dear Jesus, I admit that I've sinned, I've failed you. I believe that you are the son of God who died for me. And I commit to live my life following you as my shepherd in Jesus' name, amen. If you made that decision or any other decision today, I'd love the opportunity to connect with you. You can either write it down on a connect card, you can uh, put it on, uh, you can email it to amen at sebastianchurch.com. I mean, you can go to our website and click next steps. Maybe for you it's baptism, maybe for you it's serving. You know, I don't, wherever God has you going next, get ready for what God's gonna do. Get ready, sit where God has set you, right? Don't let the enemy sit in your seat and get healing so that you can be ready for that blessing. Thank you for listening, and we hope you were blessed by today's teaching. We would love to connect with you, and here are some ways you can connect with us. You can submit a prayer request, find a live group, or check out some of the upcoming events at sebastianchurch.com. Join us here again for the next episode.